Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. faithful valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure of Diplomatically Done, the Green Hornet strikes again. pushing through the fog-drenched night, carried three representatives from the influential newspaper, The Daily Sentinel. Michael Axford drove, it was his car. Ed Lowry, the ace reporter, was beside the big Irishman, while a photographer rode in the rear seat. They were on their way back from a routine assignment. Lowry, don't be telling me how to drive. All right, all right. Just take it easy, that's all. Especially going over the bridge. Your tires aren't so hot. They're pre-war, I'd have you know. (laughs) Pre-war is right, and worn as smooth as a skating rink. If we slide through the guardrail, it's a 200-foot drop to the river. I'm being careful. I got it, this fog is getting worse every minute. Maybe it'll help if I turn on the spotlight. Oh, I should have known better than to cover this assignment in your car. I should have known better than to come out on a night like this. Axford, whatever gave you the idea that I could get some news photos? That mass meeting was a dud. I could have covered it from my desk. Hey, Axford, will you slow down? Suffering snakes! I didn't mean stop cold. Holy crow, look. Let me at him. Let me out. Hey, hold on, mister. What's the matter with him? Hey, Axford, what's up? Axford, have you got... 
Hey, look, he's grabbed Larry, that guy at the rail. Come on. You're Coming up. You, you let me go. I can do what I want. Uh, we're with you, Axford. He was about to jump over the rail. Let me go. Let me go. By golly, he's as slippery as an eel. Now I show you. Look out. I'll stop the spalpeen. Hey, I got it. Oh, boy, what a picture. Axford, you slugged him. Lodi, I had to do it to keep him from jumping off the bridge. We'd better get him in the car and take him to a hospital or something. I hope you didn't crack his skull when you slugged him. I got a picture of it. Drop me at the office. The following morning, as he walked toward his office in the Daily Sentinel building, Michael Oxford wore his hat at a jaunty angle. His cigar jotted importantly, and beneath his arm was a folded newspaper. Michael. Top of the morning to you, Casey. Did you see me starting the paper with the picture? <laughs> it came out good in spite of the fog. I thought I heard you, Axford. Good morning, Reed. Did you see me picture Axford, in the... I don't like pictures of Sentinel reporters slugging people. Well, but Especially Reed. a character like Kolchak. Poor fellow's had trouble enough without having a hospital bill. But I was only I trying... Know. You were trying to keep him from jumping off the bridge after having been pleased by racketeers. Pleased? Racketeers? Axford... As far as you were concerned, the story ended when you took Kolchak to the hospital. But Lowry didn't stop there. Huh? Well, he stayed around till Kolchak was all right. But he wouldn't say nothing. Lowry called on his wife. Oh, he did, huh? Why, that double-crossing spalpeen. So that's why he told me to sit at the hospital and cool me heels. Oh, what's the racket, Mr. Reed? Kolchak is one of many people who left a lot of money in Europe. Seems to have been a wealthy man before the war, but his money was tied up. When he came to the United States, he could bring only a few thousand dollars with him. But what's the racket? Some men contacted Kolchak and told him they could get most of his fortune for him. He believed them. And, of course, they couldn't do it. No, they took all the money he had, then told him there was nothing they could do. I wonder how many other poor Europeans have been swindled in the same way. Holy crow, do you think there's others? Well, the D.A. has had a number of complaints. Oh, where's Lowry now? He wanted to talk to Kolchak and his wife at the same time. So he went back to the house as soon as he heard that Kolchak had been released from the hospital. That's enough, by golly. Lowry needn't think he can steal another march on me. I'm going over there and get in on this interview. And Reed, if it's a racket, by golly, I'm going after them racketeers. It's time that sort of thing was done. Now, look here, Kolchak, you might as well give me all the facts. Your wife has already told me how you were swindled. If you'll tell me about the men Please, who did I this... I dare not talk. If the authorities learn I am without money, they will send me back to the old country. Who told you that? My boy, who was born in this country, will be kept here. But me, they will send me back. Oh, nonsense. Our government doesn't break up families. Now, if you'll just no, tell me no, what... No, 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 I, I have nothing to say. I cannot talk. Mrs. Kolchak, you told me your husband had a couple of thousand dollars. She does not know. She has nothing to say. How about it, Mrs. Kolchak? I... I do not know. I, I have nothing to say. Uh, there, you see. Now, please go away. Kolchak, the men you talk to are crooks. They stole your money. If you'll tell me what they look like, like where you oh, met them... The window. That man. Where? The window. The window. He's the one. Yeah, let me at him. No, no. Please, please come back. You only make trouble for me. Don't worry, Kolchak. Keep out of this hall. Stay in your living room. I'll get the lug. Ah, where'd he go? Hey, Lowry. That guy, expert. Get him. Hold on, Mr. Martin. The king's like to run by Lowry. Yeah. Oh, 
Get him, Axford. Hang on to him. Don't let him get away. Oh, oh. oh golly, Lodi. Oh, why didn't you hang on to him? He got me off guard. He knocked the window to me. I had to let go of the grip I had on him. A fine thing. I'll bet all the tea in China he's one of the crooks that took Kolchak to the cleaners. I'm willing to... What's this? Oh, I guess it fell out of that guy's coat while I was grappling with him. What is it? I don't know. It... Hey, this may mean something. We better get back to the office and fast. The man who had broken away from Axford drove across the city and left his car in the rear of a brownstone house. He went inside, walked down a long hall, then turned into a high-ceilinged library. Well, mate, uh, what have you to report? We needn't worry about Kolchak. No? I heard a newspaper man trying to get information out of him. Kolchak won't talk. Did you see Punda? Yeah, I called on him before I went to the Kolchak place. We're, we're lucky to have Punda on the job. Did he give you a list? Yes, the newest arrivals from Europe, the amount of money each is bringing to this country, as well as the financial status of each individual in the homeland. Well, I... well, well, where is the list? I, I had it here. It was in this pocket. I... You lost it? Must have fallen from my pocket. Well, then call Pundar for another copy. So that was how it happened, Reed. I was just getting out of my car and going toward the house when this guy came running toward me with Lowry after him. It's too bad you couldn't have hung on to him, Axford. We might have learned something. Maybe we did, boss. Huh? Oh, what do you mean, Lowry? And this paper fell from the guy's pocket. Notice the letterhead. Well, this is from the office of the vice consul of the... Great Scott. There's a phone number on the letterhead. Now, just a minute. Yes, sir? Miss Case, call Gramercy 23628. Very well. You're calling that vice consul's office? Yes. Boss, do you suppose that list of names might mean something? Well, it might. It might not, Lowry. That's what I want to find out. They're all foreign names. I noticed that. They seem to be countrymen of Brother Kolchak. There's a lot of figures after each name. Oh. Uh, yes, Miss Case? I have your number. Uh, Mr. Pundar is on the line. He's the secretary. Oh, thanks, Miss Case. Mr. Pundar? Yes? My name is Britt Reed of the Daily Sentinel. Uh, one of our men found a list of names. Seems to be a list of your countrymen on one of your letterheads. Now, if you've lost such we a list... We have lost nothing. Well, then this list is... Hello? Well, how do you like that? Did he hang up on you, boss? He did. And sharply. Why, that spalpeen. Well, there's appreciation for you. By golly, you try to do the guy a favor, and <laughs> well, what does he do? it doesn't matter. Now, look, boss, if that pipsqueak secretary gave you the brush off, why don't you call Andrew Orloff, the consul himself? Oh, I don't know about that, Larry. You know the guy, don't you, Reed? Oh, we've met socially. Well, then why not call him and tell him about this list? Well, I'll... I'll think it over. Well, now what do we do? Where do we stand? Well, Axford, you and Lowry might keep after Kolchak. Try everything you can think of to persuade him to identify the man who threatened him. Meanwhile, we'll hold this list and see if any of these names appear in the news. Britt Reed was not nearly as unconcerned about the matter as he appeared. That evening in his apartment, he and his faithful valet Cato discussed the racket, Kolchak's fear, and the curt manner of the secretary named Pundar. 
I talked to the police commissioner, Cato, and he agrees that an organized racket is operating to victimize men like Kolchak. What about Mr. Pundar? I told Commissioner Higgins about his attitude. And my suspicion that the list of names is nothing more nor less than a list of prospective victims. The police perhaps investigate? Mm, Commissioner Higgins checked on Pundar for me. But the police can't do a thing. Neither can the federal government. Why is that? Diplomatic relations, Cato. And the diplomatic immunity of everyone connected with the consulate of any foreign country. Another case of red tape, eh, Mr. Britt? Exactly, Cato. Get the mask and weapon. This is a case that calls for a move by the Green Hornet. We'll continue our story in just a moment. Back to our story. Britt Reed was determined to learn more about the list of names on the letterhead of a foreign consulate. He was ready to move out as the Green Hornet. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in the bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered, black beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. <coughs> Brett Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming black beauty sped into the darkness. Police commissioner had told Britt Reed about Pundar's living quarters in a small hotel. Parking the Black Beauty in an alley, the masked man climbed the fire escape until he reached a certain window. Looking in, he could see Pundar pacing the floor with nervous strides. It was the work of but a moment to force the window lock. Then a sudden pull and the window was open. What is this? Hold it, Pundar. Masked! Is it a robbery? Is it... Go on, grab the phone and call the police. Tell them what I know. What you know? Tell them why Kolchak tried to take his own life. What? What do you want? Why do you come here? I'm interested in the money you and your pals took from Kolchak. I... 
I do not know what you are talking about. I think you do. Oh, my arm, let go. Talk, Ponder. No, no, you're hurting my arm. You... I have no time to waste. You're going to answer my questions here and now, or I'll find someone who is more anxious to live. What? What? What do you want to know? What are your questions? Please, please, you hurt me. Who's working with you? I... I work in the office of the council. That's I... not the work I'm talking about. I'm talking about the game you're playing to rob men like Kolchak, Denegri, Dombrowski. Denegri, Dombrowski? They have not been robbed. But they... they're marked, aren't they? You're planning to take their money. I... I... Aren't you? Y... Yes. That's what I thought. Now the names of your pals. Please. Please go. The names. I... I named them and they will... They will kill me. What do you think will happen to you if you don't name them? Uh, please. Please, I beg The names. No, don't shoot. I, I tell you. The names are Mead and Ritter. Thanks. Now we're getting somewhere. Britt Reed learned more about Mead and Ritter, then gassed Pundar, tied and gagged him, and took a locket from the secretary's watch chain. It was a little later when he and Cato reached the brownstone house. That's the place, Cato. According to Pundai, Mead and Ritter are both there. Yes, sir. Stay with the car and be ready for a fast getaway. Uh, we haven't done badly, Mead. In fact, I'd say for the time we've been in operation, we've done very well. What's the total of cash on hand, Ritter? The total at present is $68,000. Well, I... What's the matter? Thought I heard someone. Is Pundar coming here? Uh, not that I know of. Could swear I heard someone in the other room. I didn't hear anything. Well, I'm... Uh, look, that door. Mask. The lights. No, no, wait. Don't turn them off. The lights. Turn on those lights. I can't see a thing. Turn them on, I tell you. Ritter, Ritter, find a lamp. Get some light. There's a masked man in here. Hold everything, whoever you are. Listen to me. Get some light. Let me talk to you. Ritter, where are you? What's the matter with you? I don't know. I can't breathe. Oh, here he is. I got him. I have him. Give me a hand, Ritter. Here. Ritter. Ritter, speak to me. Where are you? What happened? I can't breathe. (laughs) Now we can have some light. So far, Pundar's told the truth. Now we'll see if he was honest about the money. Then we'll see what can be done about shattering certain diplomatic immunity. All set, Cato. When Mead and Ritter come to, they're going to have a shock. Get going. Yes, sir. I'm going to call police headquarters, then keep an appointment with Andrew Orloff. Wake up. Uh, Wake up, I tell you. What happened? Snap out of it. Don't you remember the masked man? I... Yeah, that's it. A masked man. He came in here. What did he do? Let me help you up. Hey, use some kind of gas on us. How long was I out? I don't know. I just came to a couple of minutes ago. We've been robbed. Robbed? You mean he... I mean robbed. Every dime of our money. $68,000. Oh, if I can get my hands on that. Hey, look at this. 
What's that? It's like part of a watch chain. I was holding it in my hand. Ritter. I got it from the mask man. I was struggling with him. This chain belongs to the man who robbed us. Well, let me see it. Hey, look. That gold charm. Yeah. The gold charm. No wonder that masked man knew his way around this house. Knew that there'd be money here. That chain belongs to Punda. Exactly. Well, we'll take care of Punda. Cato guided the Black Beauty to a corner near Britt Reed's apartment where the young publisher's convertible had been left in readiness. That's where I'll leave you, Cato. Take the mask and top coat, then put the Black Beauty away. Yes, Mr. Britt. And from now on, I'll use the convertible. You have an appointment with counsel. That's right. And I'll get to Orloff's place just about on schedule. Britt Reed was accompanied by Andrew Orloff, the counsel in person, as he ascended the stairs of a small hotel to the rooms of Pundar, the secretary. It's very kind of you to go to all this trouble, Mr. Orloff. I assure you, Mr. Reed, I am indebted to you for calling my attention to the way Pundar spoke to you on the phone. Well, I, uh, I didn't mean to register a complaint against the secretary. We shall soon know why he was not more interested in the list of names found by your reporter. Hmm. Strange that he didn't answer the telephone. Yes, it is. It is very strange. The clerk assured me he was in his apartment. Is done this floor? Yes, right over here. Here we are. No answer. Pundar! Pundar, are you in there? I might try the door. It's unlocked. Oh. Might as well go in. Look, there he is, tied and gagged, and the window's open. Pundar, Pundar, what has happened? I'll get this gag out of his mouth so he can talk. Just a second, Pundar, hold still. I have a knife. I won't need it. There you are, Pundar. I... Uh, Mr. Orloff, you, Your Excellency. Pundar, tell me at once what happened. He, he came here, the hornet, the green hornet. The green hornet? I read about that man. Just a second, Pundar, and I'll have your hands free. There you are. He came here. He, he attacked me. For why, Excellency, I do not know. He tried to make me tell diplomatic secrets. He threatened to kill me. I tried to fight, but I was helpless. He took me off guard. He came to the window from the fire escape. Well, if the Green Hornet came here, the police should be notified. Hey, moment, please, Mr. Reed. There is the other matter. Oh, yes. Pundar, Mr. Reed is a friend. We have been together at several social affairs. Today he telephoned you about a list of names found by one of his reporters... This list. Oh, that. Your Excellency, it is of no consequence. We have many copies of the list in the office. Is it customary for you to be disinterested when someone tries to do you a favor? To return that which might be important? Well, perhaps Pundar had other things on his mind. Perhaps I should never have bothered him at all. Excellency, I am sorry. What I is this I... list? What does it mean? Who are these people and what is the meaning of these figures? It is just a detail. It is... No! Stick him up, all of you. You're covered. You, you, you two, why are you here? What is the meaning of this? Who are these men? Pundar knows who we are and why we came. You, you came off the fire escape, the same as the other one. Hey, Ritter, this is Britt Reed of the Daily Sentinel. That's too bad for him. You'd better put down those guns. We'll put them away when we get what we came for. Where is it, Pundar? Please go away. I do not know what you are talking about. Yes, you do. We're talking about $68,000 you stole from Ritter's place a few minutes ago. What? Well, no, no. 
I have not been out of this apartment. You can't lie out of it, Tungar. I struggled with you in the dark, and I got this. A hunk of your watch chain. No, no, it cannot be so. See here, what are you two talking about? You shut up, Reed. This man is Andrew Orloff, the consul. We know who he is. You dare point a gun at me? Well, you two are going to be in trouble over your heads. When Orloff reports this, Orloff you two... Orloff won't report anything. And neither will you. Now, Pundar, where's that cash? Hand it over quick or we'll blast all three of you. And find the money for ourselves. Pundar, what money is this man talking about? What dealings have you had with these men? Plenty of dealings, Orloff. But you won't do anything about it. Listen to me. You can't get away with murdering a man like Orloff. Or even Pundar. Yes, we can, Ray. That goes for you, too. Now, talk fast, Pundar. I have no money. I, I swear I don't know what you are talking about. Your last chance. No, no, please, please, I swear. Talk fast. I cannot tell you. I do not know. I, I did not go near your place. Let him have it, Ritter. Gun has a silencer. All right. You ask for Drop. it. Drop. Please, oh. get him. Oh! Hang him, man. Hey, oh, hey, let me in on it. Let me help you handle them spout teams. The law can handle them, Axford. Get over there, the two of you. Go on. Stand over against that wall and keep your hands up. By golly, Reed, what are you doing here? I called on the consul, Axford, and he thought we'd better come here and talk to Pundar about that list Lowry found. These men came off the fire escape waving guns at us. Burke, I guess you saved our lives. By golly, Mr. Reed, it's a lucky thing we got that tip on the Green Hornet. The Green Hornet? Yeah, Reed. Pundar called the cops and said he'd been attacked by the Hornet and wanted a guard around the hotel. Me and Burke were watching when you and the consul got here. Also, when these two came and sneaked up the fire escape. But I did not call. I was bombed and gagged. <laughs> Pundar, perhaps you have a guardian angel. <laughs> Good to be back home, Cato. You take great risk tonight, Mr. Briggs. After calling headquarters, I was sure the police would be on hand. Will everything work out all right now, huh? Yes, Orloff will get the whole story from Pundar. He'll deal with Pundar, and the police will take care of Mead and Ritter. You and I, Cato, will take care of the $68,000. What we do? I'll get the list of people from Commissioner Higgins, and we'll return the cash to those who were defrauded. They never know where money comes from. There'll be a lot of unanswered questions, Cato. Axford's still trying to figure out who called in Pundar's name for a police guard. Well, Commissioner Higgins probably guessed truth. Yeah, I'll see that he learns the truth. He'll have to know everything so he'll not suspect that I kept the money. <laughs> He'd never suspect Britt Reed of robbery. <laughs> you never can tell. Remember the things he used to say about the Green Hornet? <laughs> Pardon our freshness, but if you like your breakfast cereal at its crispest, freshest best, then get the Betty Crocker cereal tray. Why? Because the Betty Crocker cereal tray gives you ten separate individual packages of your three top favorite cereals all in one handy carton. 
each of those ten individual packages holds just enough for one good serving. So every morning you always open a fresh package. Another thing, every Betty Crocker cereal tray has a valuable silverware coupon right on the side of the carton. By saving these coupons, you can own a set of lovely Oneida Community Silver Plate in an amazingly short time and at unbelievably low cost. Start saving these valuable coupons now. Get the Betty Crocker cereal tray. You've been listening to The Green Hornet, brought to you by the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the cereal assortment of individual packages of Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks. <laughs> Listen. How far have you walked today? How far is it from your school to house? How many miles do you travel on your favorite Saturday hike? Would you like to know? Then be sure to listen for the super, super special offer coming soon on this program. Offer starts January 27th, brought to you by Cheerios, that energizing breakfast cereal made from oats. Good old-fashioned nourishing oats all ready to eat. Remember, super special Cheerios offer starting January 27th. Be with us again next week at the same time when General Mills will again present The Green Hornet. This is a George W. Trendle production directed by Charles D. Livingston and written by Fran Stryker. The part of The Green Hornet is played by Jack McCarthy. This copyrighted feature originates in Detroit, and all characters, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Hal Neal speaking. Tomorrow night, over most of these same stations, be sure to listen to another fast-moving and exciting story of the Old West when the Lone Ranger rides again. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. <laughs>